Merry Christmas, Gathering Church. It's a blessed time to be gathered together. That's right. Amen. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blessing to have us all gathered together this Christmas Eve. And um, as most of you know, we've been going through the book of Luke the last few weeks, um, looking at, in, in particular, the first two chapters and in particular, the, the few songs that are found within those first two books. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at the song of Simeon that uh, Ivani just read beautifully for us. Uh, you guys bear with me a little bit. Uh, I was not expecting to preach tonight, uh, but Matt Zrest um, is not going to be able to be with us tonight. Uh, he is at home with his wife is ill, and uh, he's needing to, to stay home um, as a result of that. And so uh, I've agreed to fill in. Uh, tonight, as well as uh, this coming Sunday, actually, uh, in his place. So, <laughs> lucky me. Uh, if you're like me, in the midst of this busy season, uh, not only are you you're kind of grappling with sudden tasks like that, but you're also grappling maybe with uh, Christmas preparation, right? Uh, if you're like me, maybe you've taken a few additional trips to the store the last few days. Uh, maybe you've had to wait in line, like me, to get into a certain store because of COVID restrictions. And you're probably racking your brain to make sure that you've gotten all the things on your checklist. Uh, Bethany and I were just uh, wrapping presents together two nights ago. And uh, I, I was just realizing as we started working together, uh, I was a little humbled. I'm uh, just realizing what a blessed man I am and all the preparation that she has done uh, over the last several months uh, to prepare us for this Christmas season uh, that is in front of us today. I'm just going to set that right there. She's, uh, she's been prepping for a long time. And I'm not sure how she does it, if she has like an app or a checklist or some kind of personal Christmas secretary that keeps everything straight. Uh, but she's really got the bases covered for all of us. And meanwhile, I'm like just trying to make sure I've got for her, you know, like that's all I have to do really is get, get ready for her. And uh, I'm struggling at the last minute to get that done. Um, I, I think part of what makes Christmas traditions so special each year, I mean, obviously it's, it's Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, but I think part of what makes the tradition special is all of the anticipation that goes into that and all of the preparation that is put into the time as well. Uh, we put a lot of effort, a lot of attention, as well as a lot of time and money into making that such a special time of year. Um, the singer of our, our song tonight, if you will, um, his name is Simeon. And he had been living in anticipation of something as well for a long time. We don't know a whole lot about Simeon. Uh, the only details that are listed in that text that Ivani read are that he was advanced in years. Likely he passed away shortly after this passage is read. We can kind of read between the lines on that. Um, he was righteous and he was full of the Holy Spirit, we see. Uh, verse 25, it tells us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. So he was waiting for the Messiah. He had been anticipating the coming of the Messiah for, for many, many years. And in verse 26, it tells us that the Holy Spirit had told him that he was not going to taste death, to see death, until he was able to see the Messiah, to see the Christ. Um, so the text goes on, Mary and Joseph, they bring Jesus to the temple this would have been 40 days after Jesus' birth, according to Jewish law. Um, this was time for purification for Mary. It was time to consecrate Jesus to God as the, the firstborn son. 
Um, it's interesting to note, I think, that Mary is the one who bore the Messiah, but she is coming in this act, and she's needing to somewhat repent and to be purified. And really, her only hope for finding that purification is found in this little baby that she carries with her. Uh, Simeon is at the temple during all of this, and uh, in verse 27, it says that he is in the Spirit. So he is full, filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes full of the Holy Spirit into this moment, and he, he takes Jesus into his arms. Uh, being in the Holy Spirit, there's been such a focus already in the book of Luke. We're only two chapters in at this point, but there's already been time after time a focus on people being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see in Joel chapter 2, verses 28-29, it says, this is the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And Luke goes on, obviously, to write the book of Acts as well, to talk about Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so it's natural that we see this focus on the work of the Spirit in kind of one continuous thread in his writings. Uh, and it's, it's not just Luke, but all of Scripture points us to the work of God through his Spirit in conjunction with the Messiah, with, with Jesus. Uh, so Simeon, he takes, takes Jesus into his arms, and he, he blesses God. He doesn't just whisper some little prayer. He declares a blessing in the presence of all. He speaks out, and he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And this tone he comes out with here, is, it's so different from the other songs that we've looked at already. Uh, the other songs all have notes of triumph and grandeur and magnificence, very profound. And here he kind of starts off with a, an ending of sorts. Uh, the word servant that he uses here, it means bond servant or slave. And Simeon is kind of conjuring up these images of a, a bond servant who's being released after devoting many, many years to following the Lord, to trusting him. He is now being released. God has been faithful to do his part, and Simeon has been faithful to trust and to wait. And Simeon can at last breathe a blessed sigh of relief, knowing that all of the longings of his soul, the goal or fulfillment of every good thing that he longed for, is now fulfilled in this little one. And Simeon says, next he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. And we saw this when we looked at the song of Zechariah as well, that salvation is a huge focus for Luke throughout his, his writings. And uh, we see it again here. It's not political salvation again that the Jews were looking for. That's, that's kind of what they were hoping for. It's actually a spiritual salvation, God saving his people by redeeming them from sin and from death. Well, Simeon connects all of that to this little baby Jesus that he holds in his arms. He's not going to accomplish some future salvation. He has accomplished it because he is that salvation. Then Simeon says in verse 31, he says that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And so I mentioned that Simeon was anticipating, right? Just like anticipating Christmas. Um, so many children in this room right now are anticipating that, that day tomorrow of the great Christmas morning and the joy that that will bring. But I would argue that anticipation is pretty hopeless and, and pointless without someone 
somewhere doing some sort of preparation, right? And in this verse here, where Simeon says, you have prepared the salvation in the presence of all people, Simeon is connecting the dots in his mind as he holds this Jesus, this little baby in his arms. He's thinking back over the fall of man and the promise of redemption given in the garden, the oath that God swore to Abraham to bless all the world through his children. He's thinking back on the exodus, the law, the promised land, the rise of David's kingdom, and God's promises to David and his line. He's thinking back on the captivity in Babylon and the restoration that came after that, the sum of all the prophets pointing to the Messiah is here. He has arrived, and he connects it all in his mind because God has done the preparation. He has been the one tirelessly preparing this moment for all of history. Like a parent who's wrapping presents in the wee hours of the night after putting their children to bed, God has been working behind the scenes for all of time to build this centerpiece of redemptive history, Jesus coming to earth as a little baby. But I would say in reality, too, God wasn't necessarily working behind the scenes. We see that in this verse, right? He was doing it in the presence of all peoples. God's preparation was out for all to see, but so many missed it, right? Uh, the Jews were, were looking for a Messiah, a political savior, and they happened to miss it. Um, God told Isaiah to say to the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. And John wrote this in his gospel. He said, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. And despite being prepared in the presence of all people and out for all to see, so many chose, and I would say today still choose, to rebel, to seek their own way, and to live in denial of a God who created this whole world and everything about him allows his existence to be clearly seen for this world. Yet, despite all this, despite all this denial, God's people are called to him, the gospel goes forth, the nations turn to him and continue to turn to him. And this phrase, in the presence of all peoples, I think it shows us that, one, as I just said, it was clear and for all to see, but also that the birth of Christ is for all peoples. He was born into a Jewish family and a Jewish history, but yes, but I think just as Alan told us this past Sunday, it was the fullness of time, right? Jesus was born in the midst of a Roman empire that was at peace, had transportation and connection and communication like no other time in history, and I think honestly better than things were for several hundred years after the fall of Rome as well. Uh, Jesus was born when the, the fullness of time had come because that was the moment that God had selected. He had prepared for the Messiah to come into history to share him with the world. And that's what Simeon goes on to say next as well in verse 32. It's clear as day. He says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So Jesus is this salvation. He's described, just like in Zechariah's song, he describes him as a light, this great light shining forth for all the people who have dwelt in darkness and dwelt in a land of darkness. This salvation is a light that is a, a revelation to the Gentiles. It shines on them. They've been in darkness their whole existence, 
and all of a sudden they can see. Uh, and this salvation is also glory for Israel, we see. And so we saw some hints about this in the previous song, uh, Zechariah's song, as well as the, the song that the angels sang. Uh, it talked about peace with the, to men with whom God is pleased. Uh, but now we see a very direct statement in the song that the coming of Christ is it's more than just the Jewish people and the Jewish nation. It's a fulfillment of the promise to Abraham to bless the whole world through his children. Jesus came to bring salvation to the entire world. His birth, it was the most perfectly prepared Christmas present that anyone could ask for. And it wasn't just one person or one group of people. It was for all of mankind. Jesus' very existence is a gift of love and hope for all people for all time. And Simeon, he describes Jesus as glory to your people Israel. The idea of glory conveys what we find our worth in, what we boast in, what we trust in. We ultimately identify with the things that we glory in and we become what we love. And that's why the Bible, I think, is so full of warnings against idolatry. We see that in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. When we glory in things other than God, we're let down because they will fade, they will break, and ultimately they'll leave us empty. But to glory in the one true God, to understand that at the core of who we are as a people, it's less wrapped up in who we are than in whose we are. To find our greatest good in being found in him, this, this glory, this invincible ground, this will carry a people to heights unimagined, knowing that the one who holds us bears our, our good plans, our good in his plans for us. And he makes good on every word that he's ever spoken. This Jesus, he is our glory, our everlasting glory. So what do we do with this, this message here on Christmas Eve? Uh, for Simeon, he was able to say that he will depart in peace, right? To taste death with hope. And I think that, too, is maybe one practical outcome that really we can take with us as well. Jesus, he grew into a man. He lived a perfect, sinless life, the only person to ever do so. Because Jesus was fully man, he was also fully God at the same time. He was veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, right? We sing that in Hark the Herald Angels Sing. To, G to see Jesus is to see God the Father. And Jesus died on a cross 33 years after he was born, not because he was a traitor or a criminal, but also not because he was some kind of victim of bad circumstances. He wanted to be there. Jesus was born on this earth and he died on the cross because he loves you and me and all of his people that he's coming to rescue. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his life for yours. When we repent of our own selfishness and our sins and we turn to follow him and we put all of our trust in him for this life and next, we can have the same hope that Simeon found, hope to depart this life in peace, knowing that we have a God who loves us infinitely through Jesus Christ. So I think that's, that's one takeaway for us this evening. And I think the second takeaway for us is found at the end of Simeon's song here, verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. 
this idea of revelation as revealing, right? Light casts new depth into something that wasn't previously seen. We live today in Portland in 2020 in a time that is, it, it feels dark, right? It feels uh, depressing. It feels kind of hopeless at times and a world that, that desperately needs light. And if you are here today and you believe in Christ Jesus, you carry that light with you. You are bearing the light. And we need to shine. We shouldn't hold it in. We should be letting it shine forth to the world because that's what they need. I want to invite the, the worship team to come back up here as we get ready to, to move to um, our candlelight and the close of our service. Um, John chapter 1 John's introducing who Jesus is. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So this light, this light of Jesus, is shining in the dark. He is proclaiming hope for all of the world. And we as believers, we carry that with us as well when we trust in Jesus. Not because we are the light, but because we know the light and we shine that light through him. I've been reading First uh, John and the, kind of the, John, the letters of John um, in my personal devotions the last few days. And First uh, John chapter two, he, John is talking about the same theme of light. And uh, here's starting in verse 7. He says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So I think tonight, brothers and sisters, we, we need to find our hope in the light of Christ and we need to share that light with this world that is in darkness. We do not need to mimic the world and the culture that exalts self and promotes self selfishly, but we should love one another instead. So we have hope in the light of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this evening, for an opportunity to hear from your word. We thank you for Simeon, for this beautiful song and the hope that he had to depart in peace. Father, we pray that we also can have that same hope. I pray for anyone who's here tonight that hasn't trusted in you, that they can turn to you and put all of their hopes for this life and the next in you, and that they can know that they can depart in peace when this life is over. I pray for us as believers that we can live life together as a church, that we can live on mission, proclaiming the light of Christ to a world that is desperately in need. Lord, we pray that you will bless this Christmas. And Lord, 
that we can put our trust in you alone because you are the light.